have you ever found yourself in a situation where you felt like God was telling you to do something that seemed impossible or at minimum crazy? You wanted to trust God and step out in faith, but then you found yourself surrounded by people who were questioning what you were doing, wondering why you were even considering this. Today, we're going to talk about what to do in this situation when God is telling you one thing, but you're faced with a bunch of naysayers trying to distract you and have you go a different way. If you're feeling God call you to pivot life as you know it by leaving your career plans to start an online business and you're terrified of how you'd ever actually pull that off, then you're a mama with a calling and this is the podcast for you. Here's where we'll talk about everything from choosing the right business and running it as a mom to biblical inspiration and motivation to conquer your fears. Because even though it's causing you some anxiety, you're also excited because you know God's calling you to it. And that means you're headed to a life with more joy, fulfillment, and purpose like you've always wanted. Hi, I'm Alexia Carrillo, fellow Mama with the Calling, and I'm passionate about helping other moms like you step into their calling and not stay stuck in their career for fear of going against the grain. I believe it's okay to pivot and follow God's calling on your life without the guilt or shame for not doing what the world says you should do. This is the Mama with the Calling podcast where we'll figure out how you can actually make this wild calling on your life become a reality. Let's grab some coffee and dive in. Hey there, and welcome back to the Mama with a Calling podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to deal with naysayers. You know, those people that let you know that you're doing something that doesn't make sense. Sometimes this actually comes from a good heart, like they're trying to help you not make a mistake. But other times, it just seems that they are just opinionated and they want to let you know that you're doing something crazy and they don't understand it and they feel the need to tell you, even though you didn't ask for their input, right? We all know people like that. Um, I wanted to share a couple of examples of how this has happened to me over the years so that you can see if these sound like things that you've faced as well. So the big one that I can think of is that when I felt like I no longer wanted to stay in my career of science, the thought of leaving my career path was so scary to me. It was so foreign of a thought because for years, I mean, from the time I was 18 until the time I was, what, 27? No, 30. <laughs> I wanted to be that. I wanted to do that career. It was all I focused on, you know, getting the first degree and the second degree and like all the things, everything I did in life revolved around that career. And suddenly I was having a thought that I didn't want to do that anymore. I'd worked so hard for it. So long in grad school, I toiled away, <laughs> sweat and tears, mostly tears, if I'm honest. Um, and people had supported me through that whole process. They heard my complaining and they were with me through those long hours. And now I wanted to leave all of that. Like it felt crazy. But I also knew that I was meant to do something different. I was tired of trying to make myself love being a scientist. I loved science and I still do, but I wasn't so thrilled with being a research scientist. I wasn't thrilled with any of the career options that I saw in front of me. I was just like, I don't think this is it. Like I wanted to help people on a more, um, I don't say intimate level, but like just more one-on-one. -on -one. I wanted to help people more directly than science was offering me. And it just, I just was accepting that it wasn't, it wasn't the career path for me. It was okay. 
Um, but it was scary too. Right. And then there was my son and I had just had him in 2016 when I was 30. And, um, the thought of being a stay at home mom though, was something that I always had sworn I would never do. Like, I'm not going to be a stay at home mom. That was not on my radar. And I had a whole bunch of perceptions about what that meant, what that looked like, et cetera, that I eventually had to overcome. But that was also really scary because suddenly I felt like that was exactly what I wanted to do. It just blew my mind. But I really couldn't bear the thought of not being at home with him because I was watching this little baby turning into a toddler and and I was missing all of those things, like picking him up from the babysitter to hear that he took his first step when he was with her. Like, I'm glad he was in good hands, but I wanted that to be me. I had no clue what he liked to eat, what his snacks were, nothing, because I wasn't around him. Like he was in daycare for 50 plus hours a week. And that just was not sitting right with me. So that's one example where I felt like I needed to make a big shift and it felt crazy and everybody around me knew it was crazy as well. And they told me so. And that made it even harder to move forward. Another time was more recent when I decided to start homeschooling my son. So I already didn't feel like I had enough time to get stuff done. (laughs) Um, No one in our family had ever been homeschooled. That's not entirely true. My sister was homeschooled, but it didn't really end up well for her. It didn't turn out that great. And I was homeschooled very briefly, um, but I was a very, it was, I was a lot older and it was, I mean, I was very independent and self-motivated. So I just did the stuff and moved on. But I have, I had a kindergartner. This is, this is last year. I had a kindergartner and I was like, wow, this is going to be so hard. And so I felt so strongly, I prayed and prayed and prayed and I knew that my husband was going to resist, but I just was very strong in it before I spoke to him. And I was like, I believe this is what we need to do. Tell me a good reason. Tell me why we can't do this. And he eventually, he was like, yeah, okay, let's give it a shot. And I knew that I would face opposition on that one. And I did, but I also knew it was the right thing to do and that God was leading me to do it. And so I just, I did it. And it's been the best thing for him, for us. It's been great. Those two stories are to say that this definitely comes up in all different areas of our lives. It can be around business, your career, some big decision about your family, whatever it is. When God is leading us to do something, it doesn't always mean that everybody around us is going to be like, oh, that's a great idea. In fact, usually if it's something, the bigger the decision, right? the more people are going to come at you and probably wonder what in the world you're doing. And that's hard because it might feel like it's easy to just do whatever God says and not care what other people say. But you and I both know that's easier said than done, especially if you're a people pleaser or I don't know if it's still people pleaser, but just generally wanting the blessing or approval, I guess, the affirmation from other people that you're moving along the right path, right? That that makes sense that we are programmed that way, that in our family units, in our marriage, that we want the blessing of those around us. So it's even harder to make a decision, a big decision to follow God when, when saying yes to God means choosing something that feels impossible or really illogical or unlikely to actually yield anything that would be good. 
those opposing voices of people coming around saying things that can start to plant seeds of doubt in you and start to pull from your own logic and start to make you question, did God really say that? Was that really him? Should I do that? All that kind of stuff. And it can make it hard to just be obedient regardless of the circumstances. So I want to talk today about the story in Numbers 13, 26 to 33, when the Israelites are sent to scout out the land, the promised land. And in this story, it's going to give us what I noticed recently as I was reading through this, because I'm slowly reading through the Bible. (laughs) I bounce around, but anyway, I'm in numbers. And this story just stood out to me because it gives these practical steps for how to handle it when we come up against this big decision and we want to follow God and how to do that, even when everyone around us is saying no, and they are resisting that decision. So in this story, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. You can go read it in Numbers 13, 26 to 33. But basically, the Israelites have come to the promised land and Moses sends out scouts to go check out the land. Like He sends them out. And some of those are Joshua and Caleb. So after they see when the scouts go into the land, they see the size of the people. They talk about the size of them, how large they are, the number of people. And it started to mess with them. And they started to say, there is no way that we can defeat those people. So they came back and started complaining and telling everyone around them how scary it was going to be. There's no way they could do this, etc. And they even went so far as to ask, like, why would God bring us here to die? And why couldn't they just have stayed in Egypt, which is bondage? They were even so scared to move forward that they wished that they would have been left in Egypt in slavery or left in the wilderness to just die, which not, I mean, they've been going all this time trying to get to this very place. And even though God has shown them all these signs, this was their reaction. So even though the scouts were freaking out, Joshua and Caleb did not, did not. They stood strong in their faith and they say that they should not fear God. They should not fear these. They should, they should not fear um, these people in the land because if God said that he is with them and he will hand over this land to them, then he will. And, you know, they just need to listen, even though it looks impossible, it will happen because he's God, he's their God. And then The people actually get so mad at them for still choosing to go with God that they want to stone them. They want to kill them for even wanting to do this impossible task because it didn't just involve Joshua and Caleb, right? Involved everybody. And that scared them into like doing this, this thing. So this stood out to me because it is a situation where everyone around you is saying, there's no way that's possible. You're crazy for wanting to do that. But you know that you heard from God. You know what he's promised and where he's leading and you know what he can do. So it feels like you, you mean you're up against this opposition, even though the God you know and what you know about God is different than what they're saying, right? Does that sound familiar? Maybe you're in a career that took you years to get and it pays well and all of those like my story. And now you want to quit and start this online business, you can be home with your kids and everyone around you thinks you're crazy for throwing away your career like that. Why would you quit when you could make such good money is what they say. Um, But you know what God's calling you to, right? Maybe the online business that you want to do is related to your career. 
so people can at least make sense of it, right? But what about when the thing you want to do has nothing to do with your career, right? Like you're you're a doctor and now you want to be a parenting coach. You were a teacher and now you want to be a podcaster. You were a scientist and now you're a Christian coach and podcaster. So that becomes harder when you are completely just changing gears altogether. That's where you're going to face that opposition. So how do we stand up to the opposition that will come when you know that you've heard from God, but those around you are in opposition and maybe even downright hostile? So I just want to give you five things that you can do to prepare yourself because this probably will happen. Like I said, the bigger the decision, the more opposition you may face. So these are five steps that you five five tips, I guess, five things that you can do to prepare yourself and to walk through this kind of opposition around a decision and follow God, even though, right, even though people don't agree, even though it feels crazy, even though it feels scary, even though you have opposition, you're going to stay true to obeying God. So number one is to have faith in God and who he is. This obviously requires you to know about him through reading his word, through experiencing him, through obeying him in the past. So this is why reading scripture is so important. You have got to read your Bible to know who God is. Read it with that question in mind. What does it say about God? What does it say about who he is? What has he done? What does he do over and over again? What does he say? What does he promise? All of those things you need to know so that when it comes to this kind of situation, you're not operating from a hunch or something. You are having faith in what you know to be true about who God says he is, right? And the more you obey God, the more you see him working in your life, the more you're going to also trust him because you're seeing him provide for you. You're seeing him open doors for you. You're seeing him close doors that would have, that have saved you from something. You're going to see him working over and over in your life. And every time you obey and see him work, you're going to trust him more and more and more. And you're going to see what God is like, what he can do, right? So that's number one, having faith in God and who he is. Number two is recognizing that when God asks you to do something crazy, it probably is. But it's only crazy because if you had tried to attempt it in your own power, but this is God working in his power. So anything is possible, right? Don't let others tell you what God can or can't do or where he's leading Joshua and Caleb knew that God had promised this land to them and that God had said and proven time and time again that he was their protector, taking care of them, he was leading them, etc. So when the others tried to bring their focus to the real and present situation in front of them and off of God, Joshua and Caleb continued to focus on God anyway and what he had said and who he was. And that's how they were able to stand in that truth instead of looking at the army in front of them or the, the, the hurdle, the task, the problem in front of them, because that didn't matter when you're looking at God. They were the other people were choosing to look at that instead of God. But Joshua and Caleb are examples of how to withstand opposition when you know that God is the one behind it right? That anything is possible through him. Like what he does is amazing. So if you know that God has told you something, then don't let someone else try to tell you that it's not possible. Number three is to be prepared for people to oppose you. It may not always happen, but this 
happens over and over and over in scripture. Moses, Gideon, David, Nehemiah, Jesus, Paul, etc. People that are often well-meaning will come alongside you and try to talk some sense into you because from their perspective, you're not acting rationally and they want to help you, right? And that's okay. You don't need to act rationally. In fact, God is not always rational. His ways aren't our ways and his thoughts aren't our thoughts. So what he asks us to do is might not make sense, but that's okay. Your goal, your job is to obey God, to say yes, and then walk in that. And when other people didn't hear that same word from God or whatever their reason is, and they don't agree, that's okay. They don't have to agree with you for you to obey God, but we are going to trust God and put faith in his wisdom and love anyway. Um, The prime example of this is when Peter tries to tell Jesus that he didn't need to be killed. You know, Jesus is like, I have to go and I have to be killed. And then I'm going to raise, come come back three days later. And Peter's like, "Uh, no, this is not going to happen to you. And of course, he's his friend. Like Peter is saying that from a place of, I don't want you to die. Like I've been with you. Like, no, I don't want you to die. I don't want this to happen to you. You're the Messiah. Like, no, it seemed like the right thing. And I'm sure Peter meant well, but Jesus's response is in Matthew 16, 23. He says, get behind me, Satan. That's where that comes from. You are a hindrance to me because you're not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns, right? And that's what happens. That's the example here with, with um, the Israelites and the scouts. They're thinking about human concerns and not God's concerns. That's what always happens. But when you are focused on what God is telling you to do, that's, I mean, you just, you, you can't listen to the opposition around you. And again, you should expect it because the enemy is going to try to work through people. He's going to try to bring in that opposition because he does not want you to do what God wants you to do. That's his goal to have you turn away from God and do something else to not need God, to doubt him, to disobey, Right. So focusing on God is going to keep you in alignment with where he wants you to go. As humans, we're not always able to just resist the opposition that's going to come at us. But we can see that Jesus did because he never sinned and he didn't succumb to the temptation to disobey God, right? And because of him dying on the cross, he now has given us the power to resist that temptation, to resist Um, the temptation to flee from obeying God when it's hard and seeing when those around us mean well, and we're going to say yes anyway. Okay. Number four is to focus on God's approval and not man's. This kind of goes with the last one, but this one is a little bit different because this is hard. I mean, I get it. All my fellow people pleasers out there, I know how hard this can be, but we aren't here to do the will of those around us. The only one that matters is God. If he says go, then you go. Obedience to him trumps everything and everyone else's opinions, desires for your life, etc. Right? You want God's approval, not theirs. So when you've got a big decision, pray over it, read God's word, look for how he is pointing you in the right direction, and then you go. No matter what people around you are saying, you don't need their approval. Just know that when it's a big, crazy step, there will be someone that will be that naysayer and wonder what in the world you're doing. And that's when you let them know that you're following God so that when God shows up and does amazing things through your obedience, God's going to get all the glory, right? It'll be a testimony to those around you that saw your act of faith and then God act. It's just going to be so powerful to see 
what happens in their heart when they see what God did through you, right? How amazing would that be? We all want that kind of impact and for God to work through us like that, but it can't happen if we only act when it's logical. If we only do things that make sense, if we only do things that we're capable of doing, if we never say yes to things that make us go against giants or against, you know, something that feels impossible or doing something that we're clearly not qualified to do, if we don't ever say yes to any of those things, is God really able to show himself through your work, right? Whenever you say yes to those kinds of things, the power of God working through you is very evident, right? You know, those examples of people where you're like, there's no way that was them. (laughs) Like, I know them, that was not them. Or you see God do something even in your own life, like you say yes to something and you're like, whoa, that was not like, I couldn't have even made that up. (laughs) Those are amazing moments, right? And again, they can't happen if you only do things that are logical. And the fifth one is that you have to remember that the easier road isn't always the right one. So yes, this might sound a little bit like a cliche, but it's worth the reminder, okay? Because in this instance, those that had scouted with Joshua and Caleb, they saw a hard road in front of them. It felt like it was an impossible task and they were, they were not, they were not going to do it right? They not only felt like it was impossible in the actual defeat of the people in the promised land, but the kind of faith that it would require of them to actually proceed forward felt like they just couldn't detach from their logic and their fleshly desires for themselves, right? To their own safety. That felt like it was safer, the safer logical option that made way more sense to their flesh was to just stay as far away from that path in front of them as possible. Like it, it just, it was like, no, <laughs> but what seemed like the better path, right? The one that meant no battle. It, they thought that meant peace, right? Staying in the wilderness. That was peaceful, not going forward. That felt like the better a- option. That was actually nothing compared to the peace and prosperity and abundance they would have experienced had they obeyed God, right? If they had put their faith in him and walked in faith, despite how crazy it looked in front of them, but they chose the easier option. And what did that get them? They ended up, well, actually the scouts were struck down and killed. And then this is why this very instance is why the children of Israel wandered around in the desert for another 40 years or for 40 years, not another, for 40 years as a consequence for this this behavior, because the scouts came back, the people believed them and also said they didn't want to go. And so everyone that is like a generation had to be gone before their children would be able to come into the promised land. So this speaks very high, like it says something very strongly to the children about what it looks like to follow God or not. And it also shows that what looks like the easier path for us is not always the right one. God knows what he's doing, right? And the same goes for you today. When you're faced with a giant decision that feels like it would be a giant leap of faith, that it can feel like a crazy option that can't possibly come from God, because I think we get in that trap a lot. I know I have thinking that the option that God gives, like whichever path is him, his, it's going to be the easier one. That's what we think, but that's not true. God does not say that he's going to lead us down easy paths all the time. You know, we think about like he leads us to still waters and green pastures and all of that. That sounds so pleasant. 
sounds so peaceful and calm and easy, but that's not often the case, right? God shows over and over and over again throughout scripture that he takes his people on hard paths on their journey to his amazing promises. And he doesn't take them on a hard path just for fun. It's for a reason. That journey is required for them to be able to handle the abundance, the blessing, the destiny, the position he has for them, whatever it is on the other side. He does that for a reason and he won't do it just to do it. He does it for a reason. So don't just pick the easy option thinking that that's the one that God would have you choose. Often it's the one that requires the most faith out of you and leaves the most room for him to work and show his glory in the outcome. All right. So just a reminder of those five steps. One, have faith in God and who he is. Two, recognize that when God asks you to do something crazy, it probably is, but that's because you're thinking of it in your power and not his. Three, be prepared for people to oppose you. Four, focus on God's approval and not man. And then five, know that the easier road is not always the right one. So I hope that these can help you as you navigate this journey of pursuing your calling because you are making big steps. You are saying yes to God in a big way. You're going against the status quo. You left your job or you're going to leave your job. And when you do that, it causes like this ripple effect out on people. They notice it's not going to go unnoticed. They are going to notice and your family might approve and they might support you, but they might not. And that's not the deciding factor, right? When you are making decisions about what to do for a business, this can come up there. It can come up when it when it's like, should you keep your kids at home or should you put them in school? There's all of these things all for the rest of your life. There are going to be things that are big decisions and we have to know and be ready and prepared for those times when people are going to oppose us and we have to know, we have to decide now that we are just going to listen to the Holy Spirit, that we are going to listen to God and that when he asks us to do it, that's where our allegiance lies. It's not in people. Yes, we would love for them to support us. We would love for everybody around us to be cheering us on. But if they aren't, that's okay. And these five things are going to help you in those situations and help you prepare for that. So I hope that you have an amazing week and that you are able to stand strong in what God is calling you to do. And I will see you next time on the next episode. And in the meantime, keep pursuing your calling. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.